Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. So a great pleasure. Welcome back to today's program, Gary Baracco, who's Senior Director of Product Marketing at E2Open. And today we're going to talk about how compliant is your supply chain, why you should conduct a trade compliance self-audit. So as we all know, supply chain is uh, you know, a very complex you know, system for companies across every industry out there. And one of the most complex parts of that system is global trade management and, and trade compliance. And none of it is getting any easier either. Um, so what's changed or different today uh, with trade compliance? Why is conducting a self-audit important? And what's involved with the self-audit and how do you get started? Well, those are the main questions we're going to discuss in today's episode. And it's great to welcome Gary back to the program to share his insights and advice on this topic. So Gary, welcome to the program. It's always good for us to share our office space together virtually. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's and it's looking great, Not you know, nice and tidy. If you were to see my desk, uh, not as tidy as yours, but... Uh, uh. But anyway, it gives me something to do every Friday afternoon. It's uh, my, uh, you know, OCD kicking a little bit of my OCD kicking into then, uh, you know, pick up all that mess. So great. Um, so let, let's get right to the topic. You know, as I just said right now, I mean, uh, you know, global trade management, trade compliance in particular, you know, has always been, you know, important. It's always been a bit challenging. Um, but but is it more so today? I mean, what's different or, or, or changed? You know, um, I, I keep telling myself how much more work do supply chain professionals these days ha have on their plates than before, right? Before what? Well, pre-pandemic, obviously, um, uh, pre-China uh, uh, trade wars, right? So we know that we kind of have these uh, historical markers of where supply chain started tumbling and, and how folks are trying to keep them held up and moving and, and right. I was shopping last night in, in the, and I, I looked in the one aisle and all of the shelves were empty. Again, this morning at the grocery store, more empty shelves. And so trade compliance professionals are just under so much pressure because they're the, the folks that have to ensure the goods are going to cross the border when they finally get here, right? Um, and it's, it's just more difficult because of all of these unexpected trade disruptions, but also changing regulations. Um, right now we see, I, I did a webinar at the beginning of the year and I, I force, foretold that we would see more regulatory controls around the world and that's coming through. Customs authorities uh, are really signaling a stricter stance and, and putting companies of all sizes at, at higher risk for an audit. Um, and while we're so busy, supply chain professionals say, I don't have time to stop and do a self audit and check myself. I just need to keep going because there's not enough hours in a day. But with the increasing number of audits that are, are either being conducted or scheduling, plus, the intensified penalties and the costs that come with it, it's really essential that, that you're staying on your toes. Take the time to check to see that things are operating. And we'll talk more about um, how we can break that up. But we are singing, uh, seeing a definitive increase in enforcement actions. Um, customs organizations all around the globe have been more and more explicit about their intent to audit every exporter and importer at some point in time. 
So it, it's better to be ready for that audit. Um, in particular, U.S. government agencies have really set the high bar for due diligence practices and, and describing their compliance expectations in settlement agreements that companies that have been less than diligent. So if you go to the BIS or the OFAC websites, you could see, well, what was the settlement that company had to uh, to agree to with the U.S. government? And a lot of that is heightened due diligence practices. We've also seen um, sanctions and export control enforcement in the United Kingdom. So it's not just the U.S. Primarily, we're seeing China, U.S., U.K., and EU. Um, but that's not to say other countries aren't going to do the same. It's been a significant change. Um, the U.K. Uh, officials have emphasized more investigative work and higher penalties. We're seeing them so more, so far um, more detailed in their analysis. And they're really pushing to having more face-to-face -face meetings to kind of test the facts and explanations in a way that they didn't previously. So a combination of things, again, um, turbulent trade environment, uh, trying to push goods across borders quickly, and government actions increasing. You know, a, a lot of great, you know, points there. And, you know, as you were talking, you, know, you mentioned, you know, we see it in the newspapers every day, right? You talk about poor congestion. You're talking mm -hmm. about, um, you know, uh, difficulties in getting different supplies. You know, we're seeing that in the automotive sector, for example. So it's one thing to say, hey, well, why don't we just shift suppliers or shift, you know, where we import from, from this country to this country? You know, and, you know, aside from the logistics challenges, uh, you know, it's not that simple because, you know, whenever you're going to shift from one country to another, if you're going to import from somewhere else, you know, you're going to be um, subjected to whatever the, the trade compliance requirements are for that particular trade lane or that particular cross-border movement. And as you just talked about right now, um, you know, the, things are just getting more complex. You know, audits and regulations are changing all the time. And uh, so, so that just adds to the you know, complex, yeah. complexity of supply chain, you know, executives have. It's, it's not just as easy as saying, okay, we're just going to import from a different country then for a different supplier, a different country, because that has all sorts of ripple effect ramifications where trade compliance comes in, right? To that, to that point, Adrian, we're not really seeing that with the finished good factory production facilities. We're seeing a lot of that with the raw materials and component suppliers, right? And so um, that end tier level of access and visibility to those suppliers, right? We're seeing a lot of the microchip suppliers. Um, uh, uh, so I, I just posted a blog about soybeans um, the other day. So, you know, all of the components that are going into products or even the soybeans that are providing animal feed to the, the hog farmers in China um, it, need to cross a border. And so as we look at all of the details within uh, every component, we need to look at that and say, yeah, it's not that easy to just shift and say, let's go get uh, our raw materials and components over here now. Um, so that requires more work, more due diligence. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we, we, we tend to focus a lot on that, that you know, finished goods, outbound supply chain, but the mm -hmm. inbound side, you know, is arguably, uh, you know, so much more, you know, in many ways, you know, so much yeah. more complex, so, you know, you can't forget about the inbound side too. 
Um, right. you, know, you talked about audit and 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 kind of the um, you know uh, you know the the increases in, in audits. And when people hear the word audit, I mean that, that usually scares people, right? Um, <laughs> but but audits are not just about trying to uncover you know some wrongdoing. I think as you alluded to that you know they're also a way to kind of uncover opportunities for for improvement and, and to prevent some you know compliance issues down the road, which is I guess where self audits come in. Um, so so kind of taking a step back a little bit, I mean, you already, already referenced it. I mean, what do you mean by a self-audit? You know, what activities are involved in it and, and how does it differ from a, you know, uh, an official customs audit? Yeah, I, I remember when I was younger and, you know, there's always the, the IRS is going to audit your taxes, right? And and now um, when I, I do my own taxes online and and you, you when you use these tools from the other provider, you can actually buy insurance um you know well we'll 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 be there if you get audited but you know audit isn't a, a negative response in this really you know even though that probing nature aggravates companies audits are more of a quest to discover um, corruption and negligence. So if your company doesn't have corruption or negligence, what it's really going to do is to gather data on your company and evaluate the likelihood of non-compliance. Um, it's kind of a preemptive measure and especially that self-audit. Um, companies should regularly conduct internal assessments and self-audits, and maybe we don't call them audits and we call them assessments. Um, and, and that kind of demonstrate, demonstrates the level of satisfactory due diligence that you're doing. Um, also, when uh, customs authorities call for phone interviews or face-to-face -face interviews and you, and you tell them, we do self-audits every quarter, and this is how we, we follow through that's a level of due diligence that they want to hear and see in your organization. But really um, what happens is, you know, you're looking at all of your applicable uh, trade control regulations for all import and export transactions and restricted party screening, trade agreements qualification. Um, by doing this assessment, you know, there's two primary activities. The first is that um, soft data and I'll talk about each. And the second is the hard data, right? So, um, you know, without going through this exhaustive, manually extensive exercise that scrutinize every transaction, um, do conduct some personal interviews with your teams, with your client, your compliant stakeholders, with your suppliers, and examine the processes and procedures that they use. And that kind of harvests that soft data, right? Um, and this could be uh, a third party within your own organization or someone on your compliance team that, you know, you're doing the self-check this quarter. And go around and interview folks and say, what is your process when you bring on a new supplier, for instance, right? And, um, and how do we do compliance checks on new customers, et cetera, et cetera, right? And let's review one or two transactions. It could be something that simple that could discover uh, a fault within your process. And that can be corrected before the big guys even come knocking on the door. Um, looking at your documentation, running analysis. You know, the self-audit establishes kind of this uh, quantified error ratio and exposes those faults before a uh, potential violation. Yeah, no, it sounds like anything else. I mean, the last thing you want to do is to, you know, come upon a, an official audit 
and all yeah. your answers are, well, I don't know. I don't know how we do that, or we've never yeah. done that before, or uh, let me see who I can get to answer that question. Um, like anything else, you always want to be prepared. And you, you know, the more you understand what your processes are, again, it's, it's just greater opportunities to find yep. those opportunities for improvement and to correct issues be, be, you know, while they are not really a big issue, but to correct them before they become something bigger or more pervasive you know, across the, you know, the organization, um, you know, I, yeah, I would assume that maybe, you know, large and small companies, this would be, you know, very helpful for obviously the larger companies have more complex processes, more moving parts and, and, and so forth. But, you know, in my experience, even large companies historically have viewed global trade management trade compliance as, you know, just paperwork, you know, something that, you know, uh, uh, didn't rise to the same level of importance as, you know, some other aspects of supply chain management, although that needle has started to move, thankfully, in, mm -hmm. in you know, the past few years. But but if a company is relatively new to all this, uh, I mean, how do they get started? I mean, what's a good starting point? Well, I, you know, whether you're new to this, whether your organization's growing and, and you've got higher risk levels because you're expanding your country footprint for sourcing, um, if you're doing direct sourcing with raw materials. But then on the other side, we have to understand that the compliance processes are not just for um, purchasing and moving goods that you're producing and bringing to market. These transactions go across the entire uh, organization, right? And they're transactions for that reason. So who are you selling to? Are you screening who you're selling to as well? Um, who are you procuring uh, internal uh, uh, resources for. So, um, you know, your offices are buying tons of paper and computers. And are you screening the folks that you're buying from? Uh, because restricted party screening, denied party embargoes is, is getting bigger and bigger. So, you know, take a look at your processes, review them, maybe schedule some refresher training for all of your stakeholders, both internal and external. Um, of course, the self audit is a good uh, a starting point. Uh, what we're launching uh, it, here at Eda Open, though, is a self check, a self 11 question, very quick self check that may give you a good indication. It's only going to provide a snapshot view of your organization's level of complete readiness. It's going to be an online survey that's 11 questions. It's, it's a very simple yes or no answer. Um, so the simple questionnaire isn't anything like an audit, but the results are really gonna give you a high level of indicators that tell you whether your compliance uh, processes are gonna stand up or not. Um, it took us uh, a few years to develop this with a lot of input from customers and trade compliance professionals. And we've used it before, but only in a paper format at trade shows. And so what we've done now is put it online and you can answer these 11 questions, yes or no. And at the end, it'll tell you whether you're uh, at a high risk, at a low risk or a medium risk. From there, we can help explore more options for you to strengthen your program. So, uh, you know, with this online, you know, survey or questionnaire you, you talk about, it has you know eleven questions. I mean, do, do you know what do these questions focus on? I mean, it, it, you know, are, are there particular buckets or categories that that, that the look the survey focuses on? 
Yeah, we, you know, to keep it simple, if we break it down into four areas, um, some of the questions revolve around cross-border processes, right? So simplifying your cross-border processes to ensure goods are flowing without delays. Um, this could include action documentation. Um, how are your filing packets prepared? Uh, are, are they less prone to error because of a certain methodology? Um, and companies uh, who direct file with uh, government agencies can also reduce broker fees. So if that's uh, something you want to do. So we'll, that's one, cross-border. Uh, trade agreements, uh, of course, uh, important to reduce costs, uh, especially as costs are escalating all around. Making optimal use of uh, available trade agreements is a great way to reduce or eliminate your duty costs. But, you know, folks are daunted by that because, you know, it's it's difficult to go through the qualification process. But with trade automation tools, um, duties can be reduced. So, but there's a level of compliance risk with that. So we'll ask about that in our questionnaire. Um, sourcing decisions. We talked earlier about those inputs, right, that are coming in to make the finished goods. So what if scenarios? Uh, how do I determine, are, are you using what if scenarios to say, if I shift from this country to this country, um, do I have higher risk? Can I still qualify for a trade agreement? Um, and what's the total landed cost? Additional tariffs and duties. So that's the third. And then fourth, there's all of these heightened controls for exports and dual use goods, um, increased regulations to safeguard against selling to bad actors, um, whether it be a financial transaction, legal, regulatory, or even operational. Um, supply chains need to focus on who is part of their customer base or their partner base. So I, I would say four areas, cross-border cross trade, um, trade agreements, um, sourcing decisions that change, and then the heightened export and restricted party controls. Yeah, so th those sound like so, you know the four you know uh, very meaty and important categories in, in, in this whole area. I, I didn't sure. hear you talk about you know technology. Um, <laughs> you know, so is technology part of the assessment, or you know, you know, are there questions companies should ask in terms of you know. Um, you know, what technology capabilities or trade content capabilities they need to have to then, you know, uh, help facilitate and automate and streamline some of these uh, some of these processes. I mean, where, where does technology fit into all this? Yeah, we, you know, as a technology provider, we wanted to keep the, the self-check sort of agnostic and not say, oh, but if you uh, leverage technology. So it's mainly looking at the processes, whether they be manual or using technology. So uh, technology is not part of the self-check, but we know that it's essential in, in today's global trade scenario. Reducing manual audit preparation is also a piece of the puzzle. Um, so in uh, the each open technology, uh, we have ways that you can um, either automate the audits or that happen automatically, right? We have digital audit trails that give full transparency for all of your ongoing and impromptu and pre-planned assessments. Um, it's better for an organization to leverage automation to review their transactional data, right? Um, we don't wanna print out long reports and have to be matching things up. 
those are the old days no one can operate that way especially with um, the volumes that we're moving um, each opens trade compliance applications actually perform a lot of verification procedures that automate like a two or three-way match, right? We're looking at, at the supplier's PO, the finished good PO, and we're looking at the source of the origins of those documents to ensure and who's on uh, who we're working with. We're checking if the declarations match the order and invoice, right? And so this matching process can even extend to the warehouse receipt. So through this automatic screening process, we're eliminating kind of the first layer of risk. And then with access to the right information, you can also look at um, uh, the duty programs that you're utilizing and ensuring that they still meet up. E2Open has um, you know, capabilities in machine learning and, and artificial intelligence that can really help and improve your compliance overall. So providing the ability for, for companies to also self-audit and enable internal planners to kind of set up an audit plan uh, is another piece of our software. So if you say, hey, we're gonna run a quarterly self-audit, you can configure a set of reports and dashboards that the responsible auditor, whether internal or external, can run. And then analyze and do your one-on-one -on -one interviews using that. So it's built in there. Yeah. So I mean, you know, as you were going through that whole process, I mean, it's just further confirmation. I mean, up and down the supply chain. I mean, if you're still relying on spreadsheets, manual processes, you know, print out, you know, you know, paper printouts, um, you know, you're uh, you're definitely in the laggard category, yeah. and it's really going to become, you know, almost impossible you know, to, to, to do any of this, particularly, you know, when you look at, you know, the amount of, you know, products that companies have, particularly, you know, it, it, with a bill of materials, let's say, or on the finished goods side, and then, you know, just trying to track and, and do all the compliance aspects just from all those different parts and finished good products, it just becomes, you know, virtually impossible to do you know, you know, manually, or you'll need an army of thousands of people to, yes. you know, you know, you know, to do this. So like, like in so many other areas, technology certainly, you know, plays an important role here to help streamline and facilitate and automate, you know, some of these things. Um, so, so Gary, as a way to wrap up then, I mean, so you take the self audit or the self assessment, let's go to an assessment. It's a little bit less scary of a term. I mean, what, what should companies do then with the results? I mean, what, what action should they take? Well, I, I kind of envision, um, that maybe a trade compliance leader would take the survey first, right? And do the self-check first. And then they would share that out with various stakeholders within their organization. I'd be really curious as a, a supply chain leader to see um, if uh, my supplier, if um, my shipping department, if my legal team, uh, answers the questions the same way as everybody else, right? Because within one organization, different uh, teams might feel, oh yes, we do that properly. Well, no, we don't. And so until you, um, you do this self-check, this stress test is what we call it, um, you know, to see uh, if you're running efficiently and compliantly, um, you won't really know. 
So depending on how you score, depending on um, the results across uh, all of the, the uh, units, the business units across your organization, you might need major help. Um, your organization might uh, really need to lower their risk, or you might just need a brush up course or something, uh, or you can decide, listen, I can't do it anymore like we've talked about. The stress is too much. Let's automate as much as we can. Either way, each open can help um, with our, our, our software, our professional services, and training offerings. Well, you know, uh, Gary, I think, uh, you know, at a minimum, I think, uh, you know, one of the key takeaways here is that companies really need to be thinking about doing these self-assessments to really understand where they are today and where these you know opportunities are. And then really, I, I really like that point about, you know, having multiple stakeholders, yeah. you know, take that assessment or, or provide their perspective, because this truly is a collaborative cross-functional, you know, process when you really think about it. And I think it, it, it should be something that uh, every, you know, more than just the trade compliance group should be, you know, focusing on it and, and, and talking about, because ultimately that's where you're going to get that broader perspective and, and be able to see where the issues are perhaps, or see where the opportunities are to, you know, be a leader in this area. Um, sure. Well, Gary, again, always a pleasure having you on the program. Uh, you provide some great food for thought and some great advice for folks in this area. And certainly look forward to having you in a, again on the program down the road to talk about what else is happening in this, you know, crazy world that we're in, and particularly with global trade management and, and trade compliance. So thank you. And thank you, Adrian. Always good to meet with you and your readers. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, either at the E2Open website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Gary, you can post it there, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond uh, via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.